your grades, they have to become better. I still passed. Barely. A C isn't barely passing. A C is a Jewish F. Dude, what are you doing here? I'm the new assistant tennis pro. This is my boyfriend, David. Hey, buddy. Barry here is a freelance photographer. I'm trying to convince Goldilocks here to pose for me sometime. Nice to meet you, Doug. David. Big whoop. You've got to apply yourself. Why would you even do the whole college things? It's the stock market you should be playing. There's going to be a lot of wealthy people who are going to remember you when they need someone to do their taxes, okay? You know what my dad wanted me to be? A proctologist. What'd you end up becoming? A proctologist. I got to book a few hours with you later. Six o'clock at my home. Assume you have some sort of transportation. You got a skateboard, pogo stick, big boy bike. Good for you. Good for you. You know that jerk? Oh, yeah, he's my father. I got another video game. Private event. Take me with you. Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> oh, you haven't uh, found yourself yet, huh? I'm still figuring things out. You know what we did back in my day to find ourselves? No, what? Killed Nazis. Let's see what we're working with. Keep in mind, it's pretty cold. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 107, Red Oaks, the complete series. Yep, buckle up, super fun time, lot to talk about, lot of apps. let's go. <laughs> I think most people are probably like, what is, what is Red Oaks? Yeah. <laughs> and how <laughs> are you doing point. a complete series? I don't know, I, I mean, it's only been on my radar for... A month and a half. I, I didn't know what it was until you started talking about it. Yeah, I didn't start watching it until probably about two months ago. Yeah. And here we are. I followed shortly thereafter. It is an Amazon Prime original, which aired for three seasons, basically two and a half. To little really. fanfare. Right. It kind of predated most people probably streaming Amazon Prime. It kind of was one of their original deals. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before Buzz could really be picked up. Well, I, I mean, I was a Amazon streamer like five years ago. Then I got out. Now I'm back in. Because of Red Oaks. Absolutely. <laughs> Even Just though when I over. thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah, essentially it was a short-lived show, 26 episodes, about a half an hour or less each. 
I mean, this is, though, like a kind of a built for Matt Crosby thing. I mean, as soon as you're just like, here's a show set in the 80s, coming of age. <laughs> a couple of dudes Gotta chasing after chicks. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, I'm in as a child of the 80s. So, realistically, we know that most of our listeners who haven't watched Red Oaks will probably never watch it. But hopefully you'll be able to listen to this and think to yourself... Hey, maybe I'll try out a free month of yeah, Amazon give Prime it a shot. and give it a shot, see what it's like. It's pretty fun. I'm sure like there's probably people who grew up in the 80s and know like the music from the time. And I'm really in on 80s music, but I feel like there's so many songs that I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of good picks in the show. Probably like good album tracks that weren't even necessarily like deep cuts, maybe like the third or fourth best song on an album, but like I, they just were never on my radar in my life. I heard some good ones in this series. Yeah, I, I think they definitely saved some money and licensed some lesser-known 80s tracks. I mean, there's a few hits in yeah. the mix, but yeah, I think they went for some lesser titles, which are kind of fun. But I like okay. it, though. I feel like those would have been like my songs. Possibly. You know, those like third or fourth best songs on the albums. Okay, so before we get too far okay. into it... Follow the show on Twitter... At greatest pod. What I can't do that. In yeah, an you episode. can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to have we a little on a bit flow. of order. All right. As Matt said, follow the show on Twitter at greatest pod and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Check us out on Podbean. Yeah, the downloads doing well. <laughs> we mention it in every episode. <laughs> we gotta reassure someone every time we get these mics in front of our faces. Is- we're people talking about the show because i'm always trying to tell those people that are just like there's no way this show is doing well (laughs) who says that no i'm just i'm sure people do (laughs) well it's not doing well no it's not doing well but maybe a little bit better than it was right yeah (laughs) which was really bad constant uh, or consistently improving yeah more or less somewhat (laughs) in quality maybe yeah well Definitely. Okay. Although this episode will be obviously a, a little bit back. different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be different. It'll okay. be a different approach. Right. We're covering more of a general sense of this show. We can't go plot point no, by no. plot point. You wouldn't want us to do thing. that. Yeah, that would be. And this show is actually kind of easy to look at from more of a macro level because it is very repetitive and the stories are kind of you know, one major story well, this per season for each character kind of thing. It's very easy to take a step back and look at it as a whole. This episode kind of following the, the Scott Pilgrim model for us a little bit, maybe. What was that model? Where we just talked about the characters. Yeah. I don't really remember wh- how we did that, but yeah. More or less, we'll probably just talk about some of the characters. I think this is a good topic for end of the summer. Yeah, that kind of bittersweet yeah. feeling. Summer yeah. ending, all your hopes and dreams I mean, in a going way, away. this is kind of a more... I mean, it's a fictionalized account, but it's a more adult version of like a bug juice. You know, kind of this magical summer moment. Oh, wow. And then this is going to be a kind of a poignant episode. <laughs> it all comes back to bug juice, folks. Oh, Go check it? out our, one of our <laughs> early apps. <laughs> yeah. Back when, you know, we were still Things bright-eyed. Were good, and really good, yeah. <laughs> thought we had the whole world ahead of us. <laughs> Boy, was that a misstep. Now we're doing episodes on an Amazon Prime show that we know for a fact none of the people that listen to our show have ever seen. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair to say. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes, you know... But we... what happened with End of the Fucking World? I feel like not a lot of listeners probably had seen that. Now it's 
coming back, season two. Right. Yeah, I feel like our episode on that was a big reason. I'd why say it got so. Red Oak's good. Uh, a Red Oak's comeback <laughs> could be coming. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, if you have Prime and you haven't checked out Red Oak's, what are you doing? It's great. I would say it's like it's kind of a mix of like an '80s comedy with a little bit more of like a poignant drama thrown in to kind of like keep it from going too slapsticky. It's not like Porky's or something like that, but I think the original intent of the co-creators, Gregory Jacobs and Joe Genjemi, was to do Caddyshack meets The Graduate. Okay. And I mean, uh, is it like as artistically high profile as The Graduate? No, but I can see what they were going for, which was like a little bit of goofiness and a little yeah. bit of seriousness. Yeah, there's a nice mix there. In a period piece. So I guess... We should, you know, inform our listeners. It's it, the first season takes place in the summer of 1985 in New Jersey. Our main character, where it was just all happening. <laughs> yeah, I was there in New Jersey. That's in true, you were. Yeah. Now I was two, but we're not even quite two yet. But I was on the scene, heading to the country club, getting a look at those I lifeguards. Can remember, I can remember going to a public pool when I lived in New Jersey. I must have been like, I don't know, three or four years old. And there was some mother changing a baby's diaper just like on a bench near the pool. And it was just like a diaper full of corn. Oh, geez. (laughs) You can remember that. Yeah. But not, you know, (laughs) happenings of last week. (laughs) You don't forget like a diaper full of corn when you're that. I mean, it was like, whoa. Oh, boy. (laughs) And then, you know, everyone's jumping in the pool. After that baby had probably been in there, pouring it up. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so... Life is hard. (laughs) So we're following our main character, David, who's an assistant tennis pro... David, honey. ...at the the, uh, Red Oaks Country Club, which is like a... I don't know, like an upper middle class country club. It doesn't seem to be like necessarily like the extreme elite. Although the Gettys do seem fucking rich. Right, they're. I would say they're more on the high end. Though. Yeah, yeah. Because like later they reference how the club has a lot of you know updates that this is like in there's season three. There's a lot three. of like deals, a lot of specials that people are getting in on. No, they said that there's a lot of maintenance that needed done. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff in season three and that they were just ignoring repairs and stuff because they didn't have the budget. Oh boy. So I would assume if this was like a country club full of just only the most elite people, like it wouldn't have gotten to this point. I would agree with that. Especially since Getty spends season three in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Getty's obsession with the club is sort of a weird little thing. Yeah, we should explain. Getty is the president of Red Oaks, played by Paul Reiser. And he is so invested in it. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of got this chip on his shoulder from when he was a kid because... He said that his dad was just like a teacher and they couldn't afford to go to like a country club, but all of his friends' dads were at the country club. And so when he grew up, he went, that became like his primary focus. He yeah. became like this rich Wall Street guy. And so he brings his family. His wife is Gina Gershon. Right. His daughter, Sky. And they are members in good standing at this club and he's the president of it. Do you feel like country clubs have like a long future for just general american society i just feel like who cares about country clubs i don't know I, probably I, our president well yeah, come on someone <laughs> Hashtag not my president please someone relevant <laughs> let's talk about uh 
I don't know. I just feel like... Oh, they're probably a lot less prominent now than right. they were in the 80s. Well, that's the thing. I think it was like a status thing. Uh, but yeah. it's just like, can you imagine going to hang out at this place every day? No, it would be great. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, based on certain clientele that works there slash hangs out there. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, that's probably, it's just like a social scene. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like a pool, a restaurant, a bar, a golf course tennis courts yeah other stuff like other sporting stuff people have their weddings bar mitzvahs receptions parties i'm saying it now one day if i'm ever like successful and not a complete failure i just am gonna take a second to be like should i join the country club no i mean i just (laughs) (laughs) you need so you're gonna wait until you're successful to have that conversation with yourself i think like everyone right now would just be like yeah, they're not accepting fucking trash. Well, I mean, they would probably accept anybody that would have the money. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, our main character is David, played by a guy named Craig Roberts. And David is kind of like a clay from less than zero yeah, in a lot of ways. He's kind of a blank slate. Just kind of a nothing. He's very emotionless. Although, it's like this whole thing is about like him and his drive and like what he wants to do. And obviously, like, a big part of it is the fact that he has, like, no idea, but he kind of has this idea that he wants to be a director, but it seems, like, unattainable, so what's he going to do in lieu of that? He does go to NYU to go to film school, but it's a tenuous situation because his family doesn't have a ton of money. His dad is kind of in the process of, you know, losing his job and his business that he was, like, a um, an accountant. Yeah, right. And he was kind of getting pushed off off the block by H&R Block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, his parents are getting a divorce. And kind it's of just like and franchises taking over America. Yeah, so his whole standing with NYU is kind of up in the air. Boo-hoo, you're going to NYU, you live at home, so it's like you're not even having to pay whatever the full price of being kind of a student. Well, yeah, but, I mean, his parents are paying for it and they don't have any money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's going to come crashing down. Yeah, because he doesn't go there the second year. Right. He secures a place in NYU's film school and then loses that place. And then when he tr- when he re-enrolls in NYU, okay, that, right. he lost his place in the film school. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's sad or not sad. Uh, it's it's just a bummer. What happens. It's, yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> so in the summer of 85, he's working at Red Oaks as an assistant tennis bro. His girlfriend's name is Karen. They're kind of high school sweethearts. She's like the aerobics instructor at the club. Right. No chemistry between these two, you would say. <laughs> it's hard to gauge. I'm not really sure that David has chemistry with anybody, though. Yeah. I mean, he kind of just stands there and doesn't really react to anything ever. Yeah, for a show that we both enjoy <laughs> thoroughly, he is kind of. it's kind of just strange that you never feel like he actually cares about But I do happens. like him. Like, I like the character of David. I feel vested in him in no, a way. Yeah, he's, he definitely is a likable guy, but it's just as far as his romantic relationships go, which is a huge part of the show, <laughs> he doesn't seem to care I one know. way or another about any of them. Yeah. Because... His relationship, okay, the story with Karen is they're growing apart. She kind of wants to settle down right out of high school, you know, get oh married, have yeah. kids, and be... You know uh, the type. Yeah, and just have a dom- domestic life in the suburbs. And as we stated, David kind of has these bigger ideas about becoming a director and all of these things and wanting to go to film school. And, you know, he wants to live his life a little bit more. And so, the, of course, they're going to grow apart. 
this right. leads to certain infidelities kind of on both of their parts. Oh, boy. Yeah. To a certain extent. Well, do your, your whole little spiel on it that you usually have, you know, like the... Well, when two people know it's over, but they kind of hang on I think anyway. That's, not, that's everybody's spiel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this relationship needed to be put out of its misery. <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, you know, we would trash Karen, but it's like I do kind of feel bad for her because it's kind of impossible to get a read on David. And as soon as Skye, Getty's daughter, struts into his life, he's almost under her spell immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Sky's got a look. Yeah, she's very alluring. She, I don't know. There's something about her. She seems kind of like a French movie it's almost star like or something. She's got a glow to her. <laughs> she reminds me of like Audrey Hepburn or something. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, like she's got like a praise. very specific kind of glow. Her smile is like very unique. But like great. She infuriates me so much. She's got much a charm on this show. Oh, yeah. She's and then definitely wins me back in about two seconds. The most annoying person ever. Pretentious. Right. She's oblivious to the fact that she's just spoiled and... A brat. Yeah, and her parents basically pay for everything. And she doesn't understand some of the sacrifices that someone like David, who comes from like a more lower middle class or middle middle class, he can't just be an artist on his parents' dime. Yeah. You know? An artist that doesn't make any money, he has to actually be practical and consider real life options. But she can just do whatever she wants, basically. This whole like arc of him wanting to be a director, you just don't really feel it though. Like there's times throughout the series where he's talking about, oh, these directors of like obscure films or foreign films, but there's like long gaps where like that stuff isn't really happening. I feel like. Well, you know, you I, I get busy. Know. Yeah, I get it. I, I don't know. I just I never really right. buy well, him yeah, I as mean, the... I do feel like... He doesn't feel passionate about anything, so it's right. hard to kind of buy this passion. I mean, it is brought up in season one. I mean, it's, True. I mean, it is talked about throughout the show. And I guess like that, his other side job, he's like, he's like filming bar mitzvahs and stuff. Right, that's supposed to be him getting like... A foot practice. in the door. Yeah. yeah. Because then eventually that leads to him like kind of working, working at, at the, the TV news station, station and yeah. all that stuff. Right. But, I mean, yeah, it becomes much more of a focal point in season three, which is by far the least entertaining season. Right. Okay, so David and Karen are kind of on the outs by the summer of 85. David's parents are Sam and Judy, played by Richard Kind, who you would recognize from a from million things. things. Yeah. He's, he's got Sitcoms 215 acting credits. Yeah. And then his mom is Jennifer Grey of Dirty Dancing fame. And you're like, hey, good lord. Yeah, Jennifer Grey, still looking great. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a wild set of parents to have. In the f- first episode of the show, in the pilot, his dad has a heart attack. And then when he thinks he's dying, which of course he turns out not to be dying, but when he yeah. thinks he's right. dying, he starts confessing all these things about him and his mother not oh, really being no. in love. And oh, no. He loved a girl back in Korea. His whole love life throughout the show is just a sad, sad scene. Right, yeah, Sam, he has a rough go of it. Although I will say that a lot of season three is dedicated to him kind of having figured it out and kind of starting his life again with a new love interest and a new business. 
And as great as that is for him and that character, it's excruciatingly boring for the <laughs> viewer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost it's better when he's a laughing stock in seasons one and two. Uh, it's not a laughing stock for me, though. It's just, it's like a cringe, like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, like, that part where he gets stood up uh, on a blind date and then sings karaoke the girl's by a, himself. Well, it's just like, it's not even getting stood up. The girl walks in and sees him at the bar and then leaves. Oh, yeah, that is brutal. Oh. That's brutal. Yeah, a little glimpse into my future, maybe. <laughs> And then he gets drunk by himself and sings karaoke. And there's then his a glimpse of my present. <laughs> and his ex-wife has to take him home. Oh, boy. Yeah. I will say that even though they do get a divorce, I mean, their relationship seems pretty strong. I mean, you have to give it to Sam a little bit. I mean, he pulled in Judy, who's a fucking smoke show. Babe, yeah. Judy also throughout the series is kind of an interesting... The ups and downs with her character are just really weird. And I feel like if you're David, you're just like, Mom, come on. I mean, Jesus. Well, she wants to become a lesbian. <laughs> Which is not really the way you hear that phrased, <laughs> usually. Yeah, well, she seems to have a hard time. I mean, I guess you have to put it into perspective that the 80s were a hard time for homosexuals. I mean, it's never, you know, it's never as easy as it should be. No. But it's a lot different now than well, it was I would then, say, especially you know, the height of AIDS in the 80s. and The Kesha show seemed like a good time. Well, there weren't as many Kesha shows in 1985. That's, that's true. It's that's a good going point. way back. Her journey takes a while to play out, but ultimately by the third season, she's kind of found happiness as well. The third season is kind of unnecessary and usually i wouldn't ever say that about something that i enjoy i I always want more of it but right this could have definitely ended with season two the the third season is almost pointless really it is and nothing great comes of it really no i'm trying to think back of like even any part that i was like oh that scene made it worth it but i don't really feel that way about any part of catching up with sky because she only appears it's fun that she's back in it but the resolution with her is not yeah. I mean, it, it's infuriating. It gets really. a reaction out of you, but like <laughs> overall for the show, I could have dealt with never having them connect again. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Red Oaks. We have the main tennis pro, Nash, aka Nasser, who is David's kind of boss, who seemingly is like a man who's living just a non-stop life of leisure like he's just like a full-time tennis pro really (laughs) he goes down to florida in the winter and then back to new jersey in the summer just a pretty cool dude yeah kind of the comedic element of the show at all times i love when like getty just really consistently makes references to david of like do you want to end up like him like incredulously (laughs) and like it seemed like you would always kind of get a little bit offended by that. You're like, I don't see what's wrong with his life. It seems awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the thing with Getty is, and, and Paul Reiser's great on the show, and he's funny, and his interactions with David are actually pretty good. Yeah, they're like that's probably one of the best parts of the show, I feel like. Yeah, their relationship goes on longer than David's and Sky's. Oh, yeah. Really. But... Getty is a douchebag. I mean, oh, true. He's a criminal, and he gets arrested at the end of season two for insider trading. He goes to prison. He's an asshole. That's a very eighties charge. <laughs> yeah, Wall Street. He's like the uh, the original Wolf of Wall Street, or uh, Gordon Gecko. Yeah, it's you know kind of modeled after that kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, he's this hypocritical guy who's ultimately like very insecure. Right. 
and he has a chip on his shoulder from not growing up rich, I guess. He's insecure. We don't get his whole backstory, but... He's married to Gina Gershon, still looking good. Oh, yeah. Total fox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's not in it a ton, but she gets. She actually is in it more Steals as Steals the it show goes. every scene, though. She's, like, maybe only in two episodes in season one, but then in, like, seasons two and three, she's in it way more. Yeah. And All the stuff, when it's David, Sky, and then, like, Mr. and Mrs. Getty, I'm in on, like, all of those scenes. Well, okay, so season one kind of plays out where David and Karen break up, but he's interested in Sky, and he's well, kind he's of kind of openly pursuing Sky while still with Karen, right? A little kind bit? Of, a little yeah. bit. Karen goes off and does her own, like, she gets talked into doing some nudes oh yeah <laughs> some tasteful <laughs> nudes yeah who she ends up marrying barry, barry is a, a creep but he somehow pulls this off yeah and at the end of season one just when you think david and sky are, are officially going to get together like they kiss and everything we find out that sky is going to france right for the year oh I, she but, won't be back until the next summer but it kind of ends with her being like come find me in france or whatever and it's like but yeah right well, she does just I mean, give him, like, a few thousand dollars that her dad gave. That's true. That's a Although good point. Although, at that point, she, I guess he was supposed to use that for school. Well, I think this is a conversation that happens. When David does go to France, Right. Mr. and Mrs. Getty show up, and I think they put two and two together pretty quick that he used that money. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, though, when she says, come find me, she right. doesn't know that he's not going to use that money for school. True. But he does end up using it to come to Paris. And that kicks off season two. The first episode is the only episode of the entire run of the show that doesn't take place like in the summer, I think. It must be, yeah. It takes place like New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Maybe a little bit more even. I thought it was like a couple days, yeah. David visiting Sky in Paris and the Gettys come out and it's all, it's actually filmed in Paris and it's kind of an interesting like one-off episode of the show. That is a fun app. Yeah, it's it's kind of got like that fun 80s carefree feeling that I always kind of point to like risky business or something like that. You know, it's Oh yeah. just very like there's a certain kind of charm in its innocence in a way. <laughs> risky business is pretty innocent. The story isn't, but the I, but just the way that the people act in it. That's kind of, true. It seems yeah, seems like they're not experiencing not a lot the reality of, stakes. of what yeah. <laughs> of what <laughs> right. is actually happening. It's this hard has, to imagine just going to France on a whim to see a chick. Yeah, I mean, I can't even. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny. I mean, they're like obviously, you know, hooking up, and then the parents show up. Yeah, and um, they happen to see the assistant tennis pro from Red Oaks. I can't even remember. Does Getty like corner him in season one and like ask him about Sky and he denies it or something? I can't remember. I don't know. It's hard to remember. We jammed a lot of episodes into a small window. But I mean, overall, I think the show is very reminiscent of like a John Hughes movie or something at times. Oh, certainly. Yeah. It's kind of got that kind of feel to it because it's never too silly with the humor. Although, except for one episode. Right. They do do a body switch episode which is sort of it was like a completely normal show up to that point and after in one episode they decided to do something crazy where david and his father sam switch bodies right to experience each other's lives in a way and the way that that actor who plays david does that episode is hilarious yeah he's good at it and he's like pulling out kind of this bizarre richard kind impression 
as David, which is very funny. Yeah. And it's almost like the most interesting performance he gives throughout the entire Yeah, because everything else he's just sort of like... One note. Very, not reacting to anything. Yeah, very even keel. So we, we've we met David. We know the Gettys with Paul Reiser, Gina Gershon, and the, their daughter, Sky. Yeah. We know Sam and Judy. We know Nash, who doesn't really factor into major storylines. But it's just, just kind of always around. Entertaining. Saying boy check. Right. Doing this <laughs> kind accent of just being that the a actor douche. invented for yeah. the show. But David's supposed best friend is Wheeler, who also works at Red Oaks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Really the other main character of the show. But (laughs) sort of forgettable. Played by Oliver Cooper, who I didn't realize it until looking up his IMDb and then going back and revisiting. He's from Project X. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, which guy? The really obnoxious, terrible one. I mean, how many people saw Project X? I don't know. It made a lot of money. All right, well. There people you go. might remember what it is. Okay. I oh, would yeah, say, I would say people. I would say people are probably more familiar with it than Red Oaks. That's true. That's a good <laughs> point. I don't know what I'm thinking here. So, I say supposed best friend because they occasionally say that they're best friends, but they almost never interact until the third season. They right. barely ever talk to each other until season three. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like they even really have a lot in common for like hanging out and stuff. I mean. You can kind of get this like nerdy feel between the two of them because Wheeler is like smart. He's like going to Cornell. Eventually, at first, he's just a college dropout right. who well, sells weed. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like a, he starts as a valet in season one at the club, and then he works his way to bartender in season two. Yeah, so really, they're both kind of like, are they going to continue going to college or not? Well, when the show starts, David is enrolled. Yeah, and Wheeler is not. Because he references but he did several go, times that he went and then stopped right. Going. He went to Cornell for a, a little while and then I don't know if he if he went. Did he go to Cornell? I don't know. I guess maybe that's not. where he ends up going. Yeah, but it I is like know. I think about this as just like these fucking asshole dudes because it's just like you're enrolled in let's say he was enrolled in Cornell and the other one's enrolled in NYU and they stop going. I mean I know the stories are different for the, but it's like those schools are like so expensive. <laughs> And they're just like, ah, fuck it. What was the 80s? Yeah, that's they true. They weren't as expensive well, as yeah. now. <laughs> so the whole thing with Wheeler is... It'd be he, like going to Pitt and being like, I'm just going to take a semester off. And, but you're times? still paid for, paying for it. How many semesters right. off? Yeah. <laughs> Wheeler's whole deal is he kind of befriends a lifeguard named Misty, who looks like just a an young unbelievable Pam Anderson in her Baywatch. Angel. I mean... <laughs> gear way i think way better than pamela anderson what yeah what? that's right <laughs> i'm saying it i don't know i mean maybe like later pam but well, not she doesn't, like 1989 I, she pam. doesn't have that like fake look no, no i don't know she's much more like modern hot yeah yeah okay thank you but if you go back i don't remember 89 pam anderson <laughs> like her i was two years old like her first playboy spirit. okay right <laughs> okay so, yeah, I mean, but Misty is insane. I mean, she's the hottest girl anyone's ever seen. <laughs> I was going to say at the club, okay. and you say anyone's ever seen. <laughs> Maybe in the universe. She's like the Helen of Troy of New Jersey. That's right, yes. <laughs> and she's even got that trashy accent to boot. I do like her Long Island kind of accent, or whatever that's supposed to be. Right, I don't know. It really gets me going. Well... Maybe it's like a Staten Island accent. I don't even, can't even really tell what 
Everyone just made up accents for this show. <laughs> Misty is a total sweetheart. She's dating kind of a, a douchey guy who's like a singer in a band or something. Yeah. Who's he kind of reminds me of that guy from Adventureland who's trying to ask out Lisa P. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of feel. Same kind of vibe. Right. Yeah. And he, I guess, cheats on her. He doesn't treat her right. Kind of takes her for granted. It's the same old oh, story. Yeah. That's the thing where he's just like fingering a girl like, right. in the back and room and of course wheeler who's at this point befriended misty is the one that sees him and that did kind of catch me off guard a little bit or stick with me a little bit because it's usually you don't see like that as the act that's being <laughs> like com- <laughs> consummated <laughs> yeah he had his hand way up there right usually it's you know something else that doesn't get as much play on screen usually well, I mean, most yeah. I mean, this is like a TVMA situation. Okay. There is some nudity. Misty shows her boobs in the first episode, which That's is right. wild. Yeah, and it gives you like a lot of hope for the rest of the series. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> Never again right. for Misty. But uh, yeah, so of course Wheeler eventually tries to tell her about this, and it leads to, she breaks up with this guy. Can't do it. They become can't like, ever do it. They become like best friends. And he doesn't know Although what to do. Although it seems like best friends by default, really, at first. It just I seems... do find it believable that she doesn't have friends. And that well, Wheeler kind of being nice to her is like her whole world when she breaks up with this guy. And it's that hot I chick like that. uh existence of just like everyone is just like afraid to talk to you. Yeah. I can kinda buy it. Yeah, I can see that. A little bit. She's super hot and I will say the character of Misty, she's super nice. She never does anything. That would make you think that she's not a nice person, but no, you know she comes from kind of a crazy backstory that we don't really get the full thing of. Her parents are not together. Oh yeah, her mom's boyfriend just it's walks in on her yeah. in the shower oh, all the time. And she acts like it's like not like she's obviously like yeah it sucks, but it's like yeah whatever. I mean it, he's a creep, but she kind of acts like that's just like well what, what, that's that's the way what, it is. How, that's how you had to live back then. Wow, if you yeah. were a misty. I mean, one of my favorite parts with Misty is if we can just, you know, obviously we're not going through the plot beat by beat or anything, but at some point, these two start dating. Spoiler. Against all odds. It works we out. We should say that Wheeler is a chud. It's just like, ah, like, I can't believe it. Nothing makes me more mad. But at some point, Wheeler's going to go back to Cornell and she <laughs> has a bit of say. a breakdown where she's like, you're going to find some smart girl and forget about me. <laughs> the most unbelievable line from the person like saying it ever, probably. I, I, I mean, I, I just off the top of my head, I don't know who the New York Jets quarterback was in 1985, but no. whoever that was, she could have been dating. Yeah. I, I Could you <laughs> if you dated Misty, you're ever going to forget her or move we, on? I mean, we would have already been engaged. Right, because you're trying to, like, like, lock it up. You've got to, like, lock her up. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) This idea that, like, he's... Wheeler is going to be some some ladies, man. (laughs) I will say the one thing about his character is there are some moments where he is, like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, I need to... (laughs) Right. And he is believable because, like, it's... They never really say for sure but it, it's heavily heavily implied that he's like a virgin i would say yeah and he gets he's very afraid to have sex with her which is kind of believable yes 
because you know that it's just not going to be anything for her. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to be exciting right. on her end. No. And you're just like dreading it almost. Although she is so hot that you might, it's like, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. Just to be able to, <laughs> to say that it happened. Yeah, just to know it in your own head. Because there is a point where they go out the one night and she clearly wants to take it to that yeah, level. Yeah, she's like and he thirsty keeps trying a little to do bit. Like, anything to not do it right <laughs> it's like can you imagine this scenario where this chick is desperate yeah to what fuck movie did guy? they go see like aliens yeah which is funny because paul, paul riser right like, mentioned they talk about that character oh yeah <laughs> it all kind of comes together in season two where we get the full arc of david and sky like they get together in paris and then she comes back to new jersey for him she has the option to stay in paris and she decides to, to go to school home. yeah and they date for a while, and then she wants to move into the city, which she does. And Meets a bunch of, like, cool people that are way cooler than David. Yeah, she is very pretentious, and of course she's ultimately living on, like, her parents' dime, even though oh, she's yeah. acting like she's being rebellious. And David really can't hang with it. And she's very kind of immature for not recognizing these kind of things. Oh. and. And Getty is arrested at the end of season one. But it, yeah, but so he, the trial is going on all through season two. Right. So that plays into it because she's kind of like a little bit estranged from her dad during that trial period. Yeah. Like she moves to New York and she's like, "I'm cutting the cord," even though he's like still floating the bill. Yeah. Which is infuriating. Right. And and David, and this is one of the things that it's like you do like about David. He kind of continues to talk to Getty and like give her information or give him information about Sky and what's what's going on with her. Yeah, which when they're dating though, it's kind of strange. Well, yeah, yeah I know, that. but it, it it feels endearing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately their differences kind of become too much. I mean, she's hell-bent on Annoying. what she thinks she wants and david's not fitting that exactly and yeah i mean they grow apart and they kind of end in a pretty great fight where david he finally, finally like calls it like it is yeah he like puts her in her place a little bit which she he's like you're not cool your friends aren't cool <laughs> i hate you and your stupid band yes <laughs> jazz is stupid <laughs> which is like I can't even remember what movie that's from. It's some Steve Martin movie. As that's happening, Wheeler and Misty are kind of connecting. Finally, their storyline eventually kind of becomes more fun, even though it's less believable. <laughs> well, true. It's just more interesting. It is the most unbelievable relationship I've seen in any movie or show ever. Maybe, yeah. I think it's got to be right up there. I mean, Wheeler is a chud. It is nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of heavy. His hair is horrible. Right. You can he doesn't just tell really he kind of smells. Like he only, yeah, he doesn't seem like he even has like his car is a terrible. good face or anything. Yeah, he doesn't have any money. And Misty is just a good face. A friggin' smoke show. Yeah. She's perfect in literally every way. Right, and it's not even just that she's hot. She's like... I mean, just we spent so much time talking about how hot Misty. But I mean, it's not even just that she's the hottest chick you've ever seen. She's like also just a super nice, good egg, you know? Yeah, I mean, Wheeler essentially hits the lottery. Yeah. So as that as, the, as those relationships are kind of having their ups and downs in season two, I think like David and Sky are over by the end of season two. Before even the end of season two. David's like pursuing Sky through the end of season one. 
then pulls this move, goes to France after their little interaction, and then they're like, you know, hooking up for like a day or two before the parents show up. And it seems like they're into each other in France. Yeah. Then they come back and it's like they hang out and they're dating, but it's like, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like they're not, it's not really clicking. Like, it never feels like right, they're yeah. happy and well, like. Well, they do have that weird moment, season two, episode six, Old Flames. Oh, yeah. Where David and Karen oh, kind of have a little bit of a thing well, where we, she's now engaged to Barry at this point. Uh, that whole thing is like so weird because, I mean, David's going on Barry's bachelor party. Right. It all builds up to the point where David basically is convincing Karen to marry Barry. At their wedding. Right. Yeah. I, it's insane. It, again, as we said, David is so non-emotional that he's not only invited to the wedding, he's like the camera person at this wedding. And, and whenever Karen's having cold feet, Barry asks David to go talk to her. Oh, I know. And he, he, do, he basically convinces her to go through with it. Right. It's so strange. That wedding is like almost at the end of season two. Season three, which is only six episodes, which was announced ahead of time when it was renewed for the third season. They're like, all right, we're renewing this, but only for six. It feels like patchwork. It doesn't really feel like well thought out. It's the only season where the majority isn't at Red Oaks because at this point, David doesn't even work at Red Oaks. It felt like three. I feel like season two ends, there's like the crew and the creators of the show, and they're like, we don't feel like we're done, we need more, we need time to finish it up, and then Amazon or whatever is just like, alright, fine, you can have six episodes to finish it, and they're like, oh no, we don't have enough to fill six episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like, I feel like season two ends in a fun way, because it ends with that party, Nash's 40th birthday that is, on yeah, the that, boat. That's actually one of the more just kind of fun, uplifting moments throughout the whole series. Yeah, I mean, throughout the show's duration, Nash, who, you know, we never really get a glimpse of his home <laughs> yeah, he's life. He's kind of a sad character. He has a wife. They get divorced. He's turning 40. He's never really done all that much. He's more of just kind of a guy that people like but don't really think much of. I right, guess. yeah. And his homeboys, Wheeler and David, throw him, like, this really cool 40th birthday party on a boat. Because Wheeler is, like, connected when it comes to, like, drugs. Well, yeah, he did briefly sell cocaine for right. somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to try to impress Misty, which yeah, didn't go that well. That backfired. But, yeah, so they have this connection to, like, this big yacht. They have this party for Nash. It's a kind of a fun way to end season two. It's loaded with hot chicks. You're like, where did they come from? Right, but it's like one of those big celebratory moments that they could have probably spun into having more characters there somehow, and that could have been a good end because they kind of recreate that in a toned-down version at that sandwich shop that oh, David's right. dad has at the end of season three. That's true. It all it's like, oh, we're all here and we're all happy. Yeah. And there's a little bit after that, but... You know, with David doing the stupid commercial. That's true. I could have seen it, yeah, ending with the boat. Yeah, because Wheeler and Misty are there. You could have even had... Because, like, at that point, I don't know what the deal was uh, with the uh, actress playing Sky, but she isn't really in season three except for basically one part of one episode. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, she... It feels like She could have been involved. And you could have somehow got other characters involved a little bit and... Getty's going to prison, which is kind of, I guess, a downer for that character. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or you could have just kind of set it up a little bit differently. I don't know. But 
it didn't really need to keep going past that. That's true. Because and the nothing show really was it. accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Like Misty and Wheeler stay together. David and Sky stay broken up. David kind of starts up with this new girl. I don't even remember her name. But by the time season three ends, that still hasn't gotten going yet. And no, it kind no, of a, is a big focus on David becoming a director. They're like pitching fucking storylines for season three. And it's just like, David works on Joan Jet music video. <laughs> and it's like, all right. I mean, is that re- that's what we have? dog food commercial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that when writers and directors make this kind of like. And here we go you know, autobiographical story. They love to tell you the story of how they became a writer or a director. Well, it's, it's like, like every comedian that has a show. Oh, boy. It's like, it's not that your journey to your job is not really as interesting as, you know, Misty taking her shirt off. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yeah. I to mean- anybody. <laughs> the ladies or to the people writing these shows. That's right. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, your lives are very interesting. <laughs> and ladies, I, mean, on, I know you're podcast. worth more than taking your shirts off. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Matt, stop winking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I enjoyed it overall. I wish that either they would have been given the opportunity to do a full season three or they would have gone in a different direction. But, you know... I like having those first two seasons. It's a funny show. There's funny lines. Oh, in yeah. It. It's hard to, like, articulate how annoying, like, Sky is. Sometimes it's when you're just relaying this, you're not really hitting, like, the main bullet points, I feel like. It, well, she meets this girl who's, like, a, another bartender at this bar that Sky gets a job at. And she's a filmmaker. And her name is Zan, which <laughs> is not obviously a fake name. Right. And... She just thinks Zan is just so great. Meanwhile, like, Zan is trash. Yeah, how great is it when Zan's fucking friend, who's like a art teacher or something at a college, just completely trashes Sky's life's work? Yeah, that is. I mean, it's kind of brutal. It's sad, actually, because I do like Sky, but she is so annoying. And, like, David is legitimately going through this thing where he's like, I do want to be a filmmaker, but I've got this connection with like Getty and Getty like offers him a job like working at like his finance I get it company. From Sky's perspective, it's her dad and she wasn't ready for something. I know, like but it is just like she's so fucking mad at him for even entertaining the idea of like taking this job where really he's probably never going to have an opportunity like that again. Yeah, I know. So it's she, just like, and it's she, like, well, I'm you. not I'm not I'm not defending her altogether because I mean, yeah, she doesn't quite get it what it's like to not be exactly her. yes <laughs> she does she definitely a only smoking hot it. chick with just money at all times yeah <sighs> but she always wins me over that's true eventually you're there is something to her with i will say smile. you can't quite put your finger on it but she has a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> <laughs> so favorite moment overall i love the david sky fight i mean it's just Wow, you're picking the end of their relationship. Yeah, well, you just don't get these big blow-up moments that many times throughout the series. So, like, I feel like it. the emotions are never really that high throughout the show. So, it's kind of like, especially for David, who's a nothing like most of the time to actually flip out on her is just like a fun little sequence. And it's also just like, Jesus, the shit he says is just like, there's, <laughs> it's not that bad. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> It's not like it's as bad as Eternal Sunshine. Well, that's true. Well, come on. How can we follow that? 
my favorites are the Paris episode. Yeah, I like that one. And also kind of that whole, I think it happens at the end of one episode into the beginning of the next when Wheeler and Misty finally are going to actually get together. You know, where she oh, yeah. starts him off as like being that tutor and then that girl that he's tutoring is in love with him. Oh my god! And then her boyfriend, <laughs> her high school Misty boyfriend, is like jealous of this. beats Wheeler's ass. Right. <laughs> And she kind of just is like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, I don't know. I, I find she didn't want to be in love with this chud, but uh, she was. I know, but it's just like <laughs> I just find the Misty Wheeler thing just is so infuriating to me. I just well, I've never found anything it's more. Un- it's supposed to okay, just be fun. Yeah. All right. When you put it like that, I don't know. I guess I'm just like prone to like the negative or something I think it's because nice it is to like believe something like that could happen it is weird because there's a <laughs> lot of moments of this show that i do feel like happy watching like you know just the, the general setting of it the 80s like this group of people and i enjoy a lot of the relationships but yeah it is interesting about me that i'm always like yeah my favorite moment is the big breakup <laughs> <laughs> it's like well yeah and then sky made david drive her to the mall so that she could meet her new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it's not that far from what actually happens. I mean. Oh, what about that? He goes random... back to talk to her and she's like, oh, yeah, now I'm dating uh, David and he works in finance. Like, yeah. It's oh, everything yeah. that she acted like she hated. And it's just like, all right, fuck you. What about the uh, random appearance of Jimmy Cooper from the OC? Oh, that's true. Making I, out with Sky. <laughs> I do always like a good Jimmy Cooper appearance. That was crazy. That is weird, yeah. He's only in it for like, I don't know, 30 seconds of an episode. He's some business associate of her I dad's. I feel like he's only ever showing up for 30 seconds of like anything that he's in. <laughs> like, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Florentine also makes a very cameo. Oh, that's brief true. Oh, cameo. boy. Always a great, you know, display of acting from him. <laughs> I do like, there is a... Uh, there's a couple from the club in season one that asks David to film a sex video. It should be pointed out. There's a lot of ridiculous storylines in this show, right? Like it, brief ones, but yeah. Well, that's the Caddyshack element. It's very that's goofy. True. Sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he films like a a sex video of this like kind of I don't know, like what thirty five, forty ish age couple from right the club. And I do like Who kind of like aren't really secretive about their swinging lifestyle. No, they're not. I not mean, they're that they're swinging sexual. in this scene, but they are swingers, I believe. Oh, wait. Well, yeah. The cop shows Nash up, right? Says. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, the, the so, cop yeah, right. who's yeah. a fake cop and it's Jim Florentine. That's yes. right. Yeah. But yeah, I do like the wife from that group. I don't know. I forget her name. I was I looked it up before, but and then we have like this whole story in the third season with Wheeler trying to are participating in this pregnancy yeah, being thing. a sperm donor right. for, for a professor it's a little wacky it is a little wacky and of yeah. course sky missing or sky uh misty misunderstands and they almost break up and then they save it but save every episode no matter what i just love when we would get the like the red oaks logo on the screen always like a fun song playing yeah it's a fun show i think it is should yeah check it out out of all of the 26 episodes, only five directors directed it. David yeah, that's kind of Green, one of the main ones. Uh, Amy Heckerling, Hal Hartley, Andrew Fleming, and Greg Araki. Andrew Fleming is somebody that comes up <laughs> a lot. 
he directed like Hamlet too. Oh yeah, all right. And his first movie was a movie called Bad Dreams, which was like from the early '80s, which is on that double feature Blu-ray I have with Visiting Hours. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, but we'll he also directed that. episodes of Insatiable on Netflix, like right now. He's just like holy shit, all over the place. Well-rounded. Amy Hackerling, if you don't know, directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Clueless. Right. So this kind of like greats. fits right into that. David Gordon Green, we just. You know, Talked about recently, right? Yeah, he's doing the, the Halloween reboot. He's mostly known for like his work with like Danny McBride and Although he did like a bunch of indie shit in his yeah, career. Yeah, he started too, with like, indie shit like that George Washington movie and stuff. Yeah. But he's also he directed like that movie with fucking Jonah Hill where he's like a babysitter. Oh yeah. And like, shit like that. What, what was the one with that. like <laughs> I shouldn't just say these things. Sometimes <laughs> I say them and then I look them up later. I'm like, oh no, that I movie, was wrong. What, the ridiculous like medieval movie with like Danny McBride and Alec Oh, your Borman. highness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I have on Blu-ray. That's right. We saw that in theater. Uh yeah, he did direct The Sitter starring Jonah Hill. Okay. He I, yeah, he's got an interesting career. And yeah, he he's just kind of I think he might have directed like Freaks and Geeks an episode or two back in the day. I feel like, or maybe undeclared, he. I, I do feel like he was loosely tied to that group at some point. Yeah, and he's one of the executive producers on Red Oaks, but so is Steven Soderbergh, which is kind of crazy. Well, there you go. Steven Soderbergh is involved in a lot of shit. Yeah, same with DGG. True. But, um, all right, so I think that's probably everything we have on this. I think right? so. I mean, kind of a quick app, kind of a cool down app. <laughs> But well, yeah, we want we don't want to do like these marathon episodes every time. No, no, we've but, really been on a roll too of them. Oh, and there will be more. Oh, certainly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of the things coming down the pipe, I I know are going to be like quite the endeavors. But this is more of a lighthearted thing that doesn't necessarily require so much, you know intimate detail yeah maybe not very many clips throughout the app either i mean do we need to say anything else about how attractive the actress that plays misty I th we should say her name it's like alexandra tertian google it i mean seriously <laughs> if you disagree tweet the show <laughs> zach will fight you on it whoa 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 you were the one that was said she was hotter than anyone you've ever seen <laughs> i don't know I, I think she's an attractive girl we should also point out that i was like this character Barry that ends up married to Karen, I was like saying like he reminds me of like Seth Meyers, right? Except even douchier. Except like mixed with like Matthew McConaughey and someone else. Yeah, just one other person. And then I look it up, and of course he's Seth Meyers' brother. Yeah, just a killer <laughs> mustache too. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it for Red Oaks. For those of you who have internet access, you should check it out on Amazon. <laughs> For those of you who don't have internet access... How are you listening to the wh show? Well, yeah, what's going on with your life? Well, I'm just saying you can get a free trial of Amazon Prime, and you should check out Red Oaks. Okay, it's so fun. there you have it. That's it. That's Red Oaks. I'm sure whatever music you choose for this episode will be really good. <laughs> so, that's exciting. Follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. Subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.
know who created Pokemon Go? But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs>